Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay, where we look at the world of international soccer three times a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday. Before we get into the news around uh, international soccer and also some of the uh, games coming up this weekend in league play, we need to go back and look at a game that took place Tuesday night during the Nations League action. You remember on Tuesday, the USA had a revenge game against Canada in Orlando, coming out on the uh, top side of that score, 4-1, to one, and a great game. But after that game was played, they had another game uh, played down in Mexico in Toluca, and it was Mexico against Bermuda, your proverbial David against Goliath, you might say. Now, when Mexico played Bermuda in Bermuda a month ago, Mexico came away with an easy win there by three or four goals. So they weren't looking for really a problem when they were going to take on Bermuda in Toluca Tuesday night. Well, as fate would have it, Bermuda almost became one of the largest soccer stories in this decade. As the game started in Toluca, Bermuda kind of carried the action, and next thing you know, with about 10 or 15 minutes gone in the game, Bermuda's got a goal, and Bermuda is beating Mexico one to nothing. The stadium in Toluca is silent. The fans don't know how to react. The Mexican players are a little bit shocked, and the game goes on, and like, what's going to happen? So as the game moves on, Mexico starts to press, gets a game around, yeah, rather gets a goal around the 23rd, 25th minute of the game, and it's now 1-1. First half ends that way, and they start the second half. Second half goes back and forth, and the fans are watching the clock. It's still 1-1. Bermuda is on the cusp of a major international moral victory. As the game moves on, they get to the 90th minute, and the fans in Toluca are getting a little restless, a little upset, and a little scared. As the game goes into extra time, at 90 plus 3 minutes, Mexico forges a goal and wins the game 2-1. Bermuda was on the cusp of creating one of the most largest uh, upsets in the way of a tie in international soccer history. Can you imagine if that score had ended 1-1, Bermuda and Mexico? My goodness, I can't imagine what the backlash would have been from that. Anyway, Mexico won. They'll go on. The United States is also looking to go on and uh, on a positive note after a very satisfying victory against the Canadians on Tuesday night. Okay, moving on. We're going to look at MLS now. They have come out with a new sort of format for the MLS All-Star Game, which will take place later on in 2020. The MLS All-Star Game has been awarded to Los Angeles, and it will be played at Bank of California Stadium, which is in Exposition Park in Los Angeles. It is the home of LAFC. What the MLS is going to do, they're going to bring stars from the Mexican Soccer League, La Liga Mexicana, and they're going to have them match up against MLS All-Stars for the All-Star game. This should be kind of an interesting situation. We're going to have uh, guys like Andre Pierre Guignac. He's that Frenchman who plays for Tigres in Monterrey. We'll have Giovanni Dos Santos, who, of course, is on the Mexican national team and a standout soccer player indeed. He plays for America along with his teammate, Guillermo Ochoa. Everybody knows Guillermo Ochoa. He's the goaltender for the Mexican national team, has played in France, has played all over Europe, and now is back with America in the Mexican League. So the MLS All-Star game is going to be later on this year, MLS All-Stars against the Liga Mexicana All-Stars at um, Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles. Should be an interesting situation. Look forward to that happening. 
Well, if you haven't heard, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has left uh, the LA Galaxy. You remember there was a lot of uh, hoopla, a lot of money being thrown around, and Ibrahimovic came over to the United States to play for the Galaxy. He made his mark, scored his goals, now he's on not really happy, and he's leaving on sort of a sour note and going back to Europe. And it looks like the people they're going to get him are AC Milan. Well, going to uh, Serie A, huh? Yeah, he's going to be probably playing with AC Milan as of uh, February. Uh, he'll be in the same league as Cristiano Ronaldo. And look what Ronaldo has done, not only for Juventus, but also for the Serie A, the Italian league. Uh, not as far as, no money has been discussed at this point, but apparently Ibrahimovic has indicated he's willing to work with AC Milan to come to a negotiation deal. So in other words, he's not going to make his uh, demand outrageous, and AC Milan seems to indicate that they've got the money that they can put up front to get him. Now, believe it or not, Bologna was in the uh, mix to try and get Ibrahimovic's services, but I can't see where Bologna would have the cash available to promise to go ahead and put his name on a contract with them. So look for uh, Ibrahimovic to play for AC Milan come end of January, first part of February. Interesting note here, you know, Ibrahimovic played for AC Milan before. That's right, two, uh, 2010 to 2012, he had 56 goals in 85 games. Not too shabby. So we'll see what happens when uh, when he goes back with there. By the way, in 2011, he led um, AC Milan to the Serie A championship. So that will be interesting to see how he affects uh, AC Milan and how that um, how that will uh, move that team toward the top. Now, just a, a little hint: two players left Manchester United to go to play for Inter Milan in the in the uh, Serie A, and now they've got Inter Milan breathing down the necks of Juventus in the league standings. So it'll be interesting to see if Ibrahimovic can bring AC Milan into that top three, top four mix in Serie A. Well, if you haven't heard by now, there's a new coach at Tottenham Hotspur in the EPL. You know, they sacked Mauricio Pochettino, the Argentinian. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur is off to a horrible start. They're 14th in the table at the EPL. This is a team with a lot of talent. You've got um, Harry, uh, Harry Kane, Christian Eriksen, Hangman Son, Hugo Joris, Tangay, just, just to name a few. This is a very loaded roster, and this team should be in the top 10 at least in the EPL right now. So Josie Mourinho is now the new coach at Tottenham Hotspur. Josie, of course, has a very uh, storied history, somewhat checkered a little bit, but he is a coach who knows what he's doing. He knows what buttons to push. He knows how to move personnel around, and he knows how to take a team and move them in the right direction. Tottenham Hotspur may get what they need right now out of Josie Mourinho, and that is going in the right direction. Chairman of Tottenham is Daniel Levy, and he has not been known to be a spender during the Jan January transfer window. January transfer window is just a few weeks away, and Tottenham probably could use a player or two. However, Daniel Levy's got one problem. Tottenham's got a new stadium, and they're paying that off. So ready cash right now for a new player 
maybe a superstar, isn't in the works. So he's going to have to go with what he's got, and Josie Mourinho can handle the situation. He's got a good uh, roster there. He's got great players. He knows how to handle it, and I think Josie Mourinho is going to get Tottenham Hotspur in the right direction. If they can get to the top 10 by the end of the year, that will be a major accomplishment. So Josie Mourinho, once again, in the EPL. He, remember, he was with uh, Manchester United and uh, <laughs> caused a little bit of a controversy over there. And so he's back, and uh, let's see how that goes for uh, Tottenham Hotspur with Josie Mourinho at the helm. Speaking of EPL teams that are not happy with their situation, Man United is looking for some help as well. That's help in scoring goals. Marshall, Rashford, James, Greenwood, they've all answered the bell. But Man U is now in seventh in the EPL table, and you get a sense the fans are a little bit uh, on edge because they're used to being in the top three of the table at about this time during the year. Gunnar Solskjaer, who is the Norwegian coach of Man U, you can't blame him because he's working with what he's got and he's done a very good job. And to keep this team at seventh and in the top 10 of the EPL with the talent and the people on the bench that they've got, well, he's he's doing a great job. There's talk now that the Red Devils are going to go after Edin Jesko. That's right, Jesko, the guy who plays for Roma, the Bosnian. He's 33 years old. Roma would be hurting without him, even though he's not getting a whole lot of playing time. Uh, Jekko is a storied and uh, well-known uh, forward. He can score, and it uh, could be the, just the right thing that the uh, Red Devils need to get somebody up front there that they can count on to put the ball in the net. Now, if Jekko leaves Roma, that could leave kind of a little bit of a void there for the Romans. Currently, they're in sixth place, but they're just two points out of third. And guess who's in third place in Serie A? Yeah, they're in-town rivals, Lazio. And trust me, the Roman fans are not going to be happy being behind Lazio the entire year. So uh, if Manizio Sari decides to take Dzeko and say, hey, we're going to put you in more, then he may not go to Manchester United. But the rumors are flying that Dzeko is being pursued by Man United to come over there in the January transfer window. Of course, I just mentioned a minute ago what Lukaku and Alexis Sanchez did when they went to Serie A, and now they've got Inter playing great football there in Milan. So, see what happens there. The Red Devils may be adding Dzeko to their uh, roster. Well, as we mentioned, the playoffs for UEFA Euro 2020 qualifying tournament have pretty much come to an end. However, we now have these four playoff slots that need to be filled in order to complete the table of 24 to go on. So what is new on the uh, format, the way they're going to determine this, is instead of relying on group stage results, 16 teams which failed to qualify will be selected based on performances from last year's UEFA Nations League. 16 teams divided into four paths, each with four teams, each playoff featuring two single-leg semifinals and one single-leg final. Four playoff path winners will then join the 20 teams which have already qualified. Matches will take place the 26th and 31st of March 2020. So, here's what we've got so far. 
path number one. On March 26th, Bosnia will play Northern Ireland. Bosnia will host the game. Slovakia will host Ireland. Slovakia hosting the game in Tarnava, not in Bratislava. Here's what's set up. If Northern Ireland and Ireland win those two games, then we have a final in that path of Ireland against Northern Ireland. Hmm, that could be interesting, right? Okay, path number two. Scotland looks like they will play Bulgaria. That game will be hosted in Glasgow. Norway will play Serbia, that game being hosted at the main stadium there in Oslo. So if uh, Scotland and Norway would win those two games, then they would face off in the final of path number two. Path number three is kind of an interesting situation because geography-wise, these countries are all very close together somewhat. Georgia would play Belarus, and that game would be hosted in Tbilisi. North Macedonia would host Kosovo. That game would be hosted in Skopje. North Macedonia and Kosovo basically are almost neighbors. That could be an interesting situation. So that's path number three. Path number four is still up in the air at this point. There's only one team confirmed for path number four, and that is Iceland. The other three slots need to be determined, and they will be on a later date. Remember, the next draw is on November the 30th in Bucharest. You can see it on ESPN News at 12 noon Eastern time. So that's the latest on the UEFA Euro 2020 tournament. Now that the FIFA weekend has passed us, we're getting back to league action all around the world. Uh, the Mexican League we're going to look at first because we've got several games coming up this weekend that involve possible playoff implications. Of course, the clausura for the Mexican League is coming to an end at the end of December. Uh, that will be uh, end up with a Liguilla, which is the playoff. And then in about the end of January, first part of February, they'll start the Apertura, which is the spring session, which will go through to the end of May. Friday night, we've got Puebla against Nacaxa. The Puebla is hosting the game. Puebla currently in, oh my goodness, 18th place. Nacaxa in second place. Puebla with a win could possibly save their season and not go to relegation. We'll see what happens. Puebla plays very well at home. Tijuana is hosting Leon. Tijuana in ninth place could possibly get up to eighth in the last playoff spot if Monterrey Los Rayados loses. Leon in fourth place, they could move up to either third or fall to fifth depending on what happens in the game. Tijuana hosting Leon the late game Friday night. Saturday, Caretero against Morelia in Caretero. Caretero in sixth, Morelia in seventh place. Either a victory or a defeat by either team could shift their position one way or another. Cruz Azul playing Atletico San Luis. Two teams that have had dismal uh, operaturas. They're looking to kind of just get the season over with and let's get into the clausura and see maybe if we can't do something better. Uh, from what I understand, Cruz Azul had some injuries. Both teams tied for 20th in the uh, table. As I mentioned, the Rayados will be playing on Saturday night. They will be hosting Atlas. Uh, Monterey in eighth, and uh, Atlas is in uh, eighth place, also uh, tied. So you've got about two or three teams right there at the last playoff spot. And so these games are going to decide whether, you know, who's going to get into that last playoff spot in the Mexican League. Uh, 
Pachuca will be hosting Pumas. Those two teams are out of the playoffs, uh, 10th and 11th place. Guadalajara, who's in 12th, will be hosting Veracruz, and they're in last place. The Tiburones Rojos, uh, the Red Sharks, have had a dismal, dismal uh, go of it. Probably are going to get relegated. We won't be seeing them during the clausura. Again, Chivas hosting Veracruz. On Sunday, it's Toluca hosting Santos. Toluca's in 17th place, looking to get the uh, clausura over with. Santos, of course, in first, and they are the Superliga winners. Juarez will be hosting Tigres. Uh, Tigres in fifth place. They need a win just to stabilize their position and keep that position. Juarez in 16th, not in it, but looking to maybe improve, make some changes, and hopefully maybe start on a positive foot into the clausura. That's a look at the Mexican League coming up this weekend, and it'll be the last weekend of regular play before the Linguia, the playoffs, start. Going across the ocean to the EPL. Full slate of games on Saturday. Tottenham will be uh, going to West Ham to play the Hammers. Of course, Tottenham now under the uh, guidance of Josie Mourinho. We'll see how he does with his new team on the road. Wolverhampton traveling to Burnmouth. Southampton will be going to play the Gunners of Arsenal. Brighton Hove will be hosting Leicester City. Crystal Palace hosting Liverpool. Norwich going to Everton. Burnley going to Watford. And Chelsea will be traveling to Man City. Those games are on Saturday. On Sunday, one game on tap. Sheffield United will be hosting the Red Devils of Man United. And that's a look at the EPL for this weekend. The Scottish Premier League only has two games on tap. Sunday, Hamilton Academical will be hosting Rangers, while St. Johnstone will be hosting Aberdeen. Bundesliga action, a full slate through the weekend. On Friday, Borussia Dortmund will be hosting Paderborn. Then on Saturday, Freiburg travels to Bayer Leverkusen. Wolfsburg goes to Eintracht Frankfurt. Schalke 04 going to Werder Bremen. Bayern Munich will be playing at Fortuna Dusseldorf. <laughs> Union Berlin hosting Mochen Gladbach. Why do I snicker? Union Berlin probably got one of the most loudest fan bases in uh, Germany. Mochen Gladbach, of course, leading the Bundesliga right now. Mochen Gladbach better watch out because they're going into Union Berlin where the atmosphere is rowdy and Union Berlin plays charged up. Mochen Gladbach needs to play their A game, trust me, while they're playing in Union Berlin. Leipzig is going to host Köln. On Sunday, Hertha Berlin goes to Augsburg, and Manzo 5 is going to travel to Hoffenheim. Serie A's got games on Saturday and Sunday, more games on Sunday than on Saturday. Saturday shows Juventus playing at Atalanta. Juventus, better be careful going in because Atalanta's having a good season, and they have got a great fan base there. They always play any opponent tough. So Juventus needs to go in there and realize that they're not up against some pushovers. Atalanta is a very good team. Napoli will be playing at AC Milan. Inter is going to travel to Torino. On Sunday, Parma is at Bologna. Florentina is at Verona. Roma is going to host Brescia at the Olympic Stadium in Rome. Sassuolo is going to play Lazio at Sassuolo. Unanese goes to Sampdoria. And Cagliari it's going to travel to Lecce. That's the way Serie A uh, breaks down.
La Liga in Spain. Friday, Levante is going to host Mallorca. Then on Saturday, we've got Leganes hosting Barcelona. Real Betis, the other team in Seville, or Sevilla, is going to host Valencia. And Granada will be hosting Atletico Madrid with Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. They'll be hosting the boys from up north in the Basque country, Real Sociedad. On Sunday, the other team from Barcelona, Espanol, is going to have Hetafi in town. Osasuna will be hosting Athletic Club. Deportivo Alaves is going to travel to Ibar. Celta de Vigo going to Villarreal. Real Valladolid is going to host Sevilla. Sevilla currently in fifth place. Ligue 1 de France. Ligue 1 France. Boy, what a game on Friday. PSG. Boy, what a game on Friday. PSG is going to host Lille. Then on Saturday, Lyon's going to host Nice. Brest will be hosting Nantes. Reims will be traveling to Metz. Strasbourg traveling to Amiens. Nimes going to Angers. And Dijon is going to host Rennes. On Sunday, Monaco makes the trip over to Bordeaux. Montpellier going to Saint-Étienne. And Marseille going to Toulouse. One thing about the European uh, championships I want to go back to, just to refresh your memory on who exactly has been qualified at this point, uh, the following countries came out of the group stage with automatic qualifications. Austria, Belgium, Croatia, Czech Republic, Denmark, England, Finland, boy, they were very happy up in Helsinki, trust me, France, Germany, Italy, Netherlands, Poland, Portugal, Russia, Spain, what a, what a uh, group they had. They came out with all wins, and they were very impressive wins as well. Sweden, Switzerland, Turkey, Ukraine, and of course, the little people up there in the middle of the British Isles, Wales. I think they're still dancing in the streets of Cardiff over that one. So don't forget, we got uh, those playoffs coming up for the Euro, Euro Championships, and they'll be coming up soon. Well, that's going to do it for Kicks and Dribbles on this Friday. On Monday, we'll be back with you. And Monday will be only one uh, broadcast next week as of the Thanksgiving week. So we'll do a broadcast on Monday, get you all caught up on European leagues and European competitions all through the week, keep you posted. And then the following Monday, we'll be back with results. Kicks and Dribbles is technically produced by Lauren McLean, my daughter. And DC McLean, my son, adds all kinds of ideas uh, for the broadcast as well. We appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. And remember, don't let your car. And remember, don't let your life have too many yellow cards. <laughs>